0: You're listening to the Inner Child Podcast. Hey, besties, I missed you. I had a short hiatus that I'm going to explain what happened in today's episode. But today we are doing a deep dive into guilt wounds, one of the four core wounds that we talked about all the way from episode one. This is when you feel guilty when other people are putting the blame on you, when you're taking on stuff that really isn't your responsibility. Why do we feel so guilty and how do we work through it to take back our power? All of this and more right after this intro. Hi, I'm Gloria Zhang, and after 10 years of struggling in toxic relationships, I attracted the love of my life by healing my inner child. This podcast is your weekly dose of my expertise as a therapist and dating relationship coach for high achievers. Learn tips to overcome low self-worth, emotional baggage, and childhood trauma so that you too can step into your power and attract the love you desire. Welcome to the Inner Child Podcast hello and welcome back to the inner child podcast yes we are back no we did not stop there's a reason why i had to take a little bit of a break before coming back i am gloria Zhang, relationship coach and host of this podcast and if you clicked on this episode there is clearly something about the word guilt and guilt wounds that you resonate with maybe You're taken on a lot in your relationships. Maybe you're someone who always feels guilty and feels bad for other people or feels bad about things and you don't know why and you don't know how to shake this off. We're going to dive into all of that today. So I didn't mean to pause the podcast for this long. To be honest, there were so many things going on behind the scenes in my life over the last month including a bit of a spiritual crisis that I went through. So the first thing first, you guys know that I got this book deal with this amazing publishing company. And they wanted me to write a book on a woman's guide to inner child healing. So the deadline was coming and it was coming. And if you guys follow me on Instagram... I was really stressed about this. Like I was pressed for ideas. It was hard getting that creative flow going. But I managed to finish my book just in time, like right before the deadline. I submitted my manuscript. It was 35,000 words. The first editor really liked it and they sent it off to the first round of editing. So I'm so relieved. Like I put so much into this book, guys. It's really my life's work in there. And so what I know is that around December, so the end of 2023, or maybe in January, that's when they're expecting the book is going to hit the shelves. So you might see it in the bookstores. You might see it on Amazon. So it's really, really exciting. And yes, there's so much that goes on between the author writing the book and then going through the printing and the press and everything. So. We decided, we as in my team, decided, hey, why don't we open a wait list for the book launch party right now so that people can sign up even before the book comes out? So I promised this a few months ago. I said that when this book is coming out, I'm going to be running this free book launch party with three or four weeks. I'm going to host these sessions for everyone who bought the book, where I'm going to guide you through some additional lessons. We're going to have a very intimate chat about the book and really applying the lessons to your life. It's almost like a free course (laughs) that we're offering. So if you want to sign up early, the book launch party waitlist is open right now. And yes, there are special perks to getting on the list now. And I'm not going to tell you what that is. There's going to be some surprises (laughs) coming up. So if you want to know about when the book is coming and you want to make sure that you have a spot in this free book launch party that I will be hosting when the book comes out, why wait? get on the list right now you can click on the show notes we're going to put a link there for you you'll get registered you'll be able to join a private facebook group and you will be the first person to know when the book is about to hit the shelves and you will be guaranteed a spot in that free book launch party so go ahead in the show notes if you click on the link it's not going to cancel listening to this episode so you can go ahead and do that right now And yeah, it's going to be really exciting. You know, I told you guys that writing a book has been one of my biggest dreams and it's finally coming true. (laughs) And yeah, I'm really excited for you guys to see what's inside this book. I'm also going to Japan next month with Andrew. It's our anniversary month and we were able to get tickets for really cheap during, I think it was Black Friday or not Black Friday. It was one of the sale dates after the holidays. And I'm hoping that I'll be able to shimmy over to China to visit my grandparents. We've been really busy with my work. So Soulmate, we are upgrading our community platform into this gorgeous new platform where I can actually connect with our members better, connect with our students better, have more fun. A lot of cool stuff that's been happening behind the scenes. So we've been super busy. But as I mentioned at the beginning of the call today, I went through a guilt wound revelation of my own. Now, guilt wounds, in my opinion, when I work through this with folks, we're really good at helping folks work through their guilt wounds, but it can be one of those trickier ones to work through. And I realized that I was experiencing a guilt wound with this podcast. (laughs) I'm going to tell you guys all about what the heck happened. So what is a guilt wound? A guilt wound, if you remember from episode one, it's when you have a pattern around feeling responsible for things that you really shouldn't. Guilt wounds are an identity issue. It's also a boundaries issue. And it's one of the most common things that I help clients, especially women, work through when it comes to toxic relationships. So how do you know if you have a guilt wound? It's very simple. You tend to feel guilty about everything. You feel bad about everything. Feeling guilty and feeling bad about how other people are feeling is the number one reason why you make decisions, all right? And because you feel so much of other people's stuff, and you're so concerned about other people feeling comfortable, other people feeling okay, you are more likely to put other people before you. And this applies not just romantic relationships. This applies to your jobs. This applies to your family. This applies to your friendships, your neighborly relationships, right? This literally affects every single part of your life. Now, although I've had a lot of success working with clients through their guilt wounds, and it's absolutely possible for you to, I found that guilt wounds take a little bit longer to work through than even some of the other wounds. And the reason for that is because of the societal messaging around being a good person, right? There seems to be a conflict that we have, at least in Western society, about being a good person, but also wanting to love yourself. And for the most part, for a lot of us, being a good person has always meant saying yes to helping other people, right? And if you don't have good boundaries, and if you do have inner child wounds, the lines between when do I say yes to others or no becomes very, very blurry, Because on one hand, you have society and everyone telling you that it's good to be a good person, right? We all want to be a good, decent citizen of the world. But then there's this other side that's all about, you know, say yes to yourself, put yourself first. And it's very confusing for a lot of people. So for myself, I didn't even realize this was a piece for me until I was chatting with Pam, our manager, and I just said, you know what, Pam, like we've been doing this podcast for almost two years, by the way, almost our two year anniversary on the podcast. And I said, there's just something about the podcast that's missing for me recently. I don't know what it is. I was having a hard time coming up with ideas that normally come to me really easily It was almost like a writer's block, before podcasting. And so after healing myself, I never let these things slide now. I said, there's something here. I have to get some help. I have to find some support around this. So I talked to my coach, then I talked to my therapist. And after a couple of weeks, I had this aha moment. I was like, holy crap. (laughs) I did not even know that I had a guilt wound around this damn podcast so (laughs) here's what i realized when i started this podcast two years ago i was still working as a therapist at that time and i don't do that anymore right but then i became a relationship coach because i saw from my own work that with the coaching methods i was getting results for my clients not only faster and sooner but more permanently I'm not knocking on therapy, by the way, Like, there's different purposes to therapy and coaching. And I still work with a coach and a therapist. But you know, with therapy, you go see someone once a week, vent about your problems, and then you feel better for a little bit. And then for the rest of the six and a half days of the week, it's almost like you're left to fend all by yourself, right? And, you know, a lot of therapists have boundaries around this. So What I was experiencing with my clients is we would do so much work in that one hour. But then over the weekend, something would happen that would trigger them. And then everything that we talked about just evaporated, right? Just went out the window. It was really hard to build momentum around the growth. But ever since I took a coaching approach, you know, in Soulmate, our community is open literally 24-7. And anytime you can go in there, post something if you need help, Right. And obviously, I respond during working hours. And we have such a beautiful community. Everyone comes and rallies to go help this person. And that's why, you know, if you look at the soulmate community, all the posts, it's like breakthrough, another breakthrough. Someone had a win, right? Someone got into a new relationship. We are making progress so fast. And part of the coaching method right, is having lots of touch points with me and the people I work with. You know, every single day we're in there answering questions, helping people feel supported so that we're not losing them in the six days of the week where there's no calls or something, right? It's been so, so effective. And I didn't even realize this until I went to coaching myself. But I realized that one of my biggest passions is actually coaching women to break free of toxic relationships and enter healthy relationships because that was one of my biggest breakthroughs in my life. And, you know, I've only ever been a woman and I know that women have unique struggles when it comes to relationships. So going back to the guilt wound, I realized that I felt guilty about potentially Excluding other people that weren't women or didn't care about romantic relationships on the podcast. And the reason my ideas weren't coming to me as much is because I started this podcast as a therapist for everyone. I noticed that I was watering down my own experiences as a woman or as a woman of color. Or ask someone who really values relationships, I didn't even realize I was doing that, right? I was censoring myself because I didn't want my listeners to feel excluded, you guys. And when this hit me, I thought, holy crap, <laughs> it's this guilt wound that I didn't even realize because they're so sneaky, was censoring my entire creative flow. And so I'm at a point now where, you know what, my podcast is still for everyone, right? Obviously, anyone can listen to this, even if you're not a woman, or even if you don't want a relationship. But I can't censor myself anymore, just because I'm afraid of upsetting someone or, you know, making someone feel a certain way. So I want everyone to feel included. However, I recognize that my passion really was helping women find relationships. And so I told Pam this. And she was like, Gloria, you have permission to not be a therapist anymore because you haven't been in over a year, right? And you got to stay true to yourself. So I don't know how I'm going to incorporate this into the podcast. I'm thinking, you know, once a month, we're going to have like a special spinoff type of episode about helping women embody that queen energy. You know, I find that a lot of women in toxic relationships They take on this mentality like a peasant, like they treat themselves like a peasant when deep down, they really want to be admired and loved and taken care of by their partner. And part of that is really embodying that queen energy, stepping into your queendom. So, you know, at some point I might put out a dating book for women sometime later this year. And yeah, I'm not going to censor myself anymore because I am a coach and I have a sense of humor. And this is what I love to talk about. And I want to set an example for you guys listening that sometimes you have to do what's right for you. You know, my inner circle, I've also been leaning into business coaching recently, helping other people grow their podcasts, grow their coaching businesses. And I've been freaking loving it. (laughs) So that is also something I'm open to exploring maybe next year. I've helped a bunch of people launch their podcasts, you know, into like the top 100s. I've been helping people learn how to start a business around helping people. Anyways, the point I'm trying to make is, Your interests and your passions may naturally evolve over time. They may naturally evolve with you as a person and it's okay for you to grow, right? It's okay for you to expand your interests and to not have to fit into one box just because you think that that's what you're expected to do. So I'm just sharing about my journey, but it's going to look very different for you. So if you are someone who has been feeling a calling towards doing something outside of what you normally do, and you can feel in your gut that you are meant to expand into this next level or next version of you, don't be afraid to even disappoint people, right? Don't be afraid of what other people are going to think as a result, And I'm going to set that example by being the first to do that. (laughs) All right. And giving you permission to spread your wings and fly as well. So anyways, I wanted to let you guys know that and tie that in with everything we're going to discuss today around the guilt wounds. All right. So. I want to give you two examples of how guilt wounds can show up in your life just so that you know exactly what I mean. So we already mentioned that guilt wound is wounding around feeling responsible for things. So in a relationship setting, here's a very common one that a lot of my students come up with. They will see the person that they're dating carry their bag for you or open the door for you, right? Or pay for the meal. And although she deep down really wants to be taken care of, she feels uncomfortable seeing the other person do something nice for her. Because now she's thinking, oh no, they're paying for my meal or oh no, they're opening the door for me. I feel so guilty that they're doing that. And because she feels so uncomfortable, she sabotages herself and says, oh no, 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 I'm going to pay for this. Or oh no, sit down, I'll I'll carry my own bags. I'll just help myself. And then for a split moment, she feels some relief from taking back that responsibility, but then she feels resentful for it because it means that she didn't get taken care of the way that she wanted to. Okay, that's a very common example. Here's another example. So with my clients inside the inner circle, there are a ton of folks I've been working with who can't seem to hold on to the money that they're making. Right, They're making money, but they somehow give all the money away. And what happens is, they feel guilty about having money, right? So every time they go out with friends, they see all their friends and they think, oh no, like I'm making more money than this person. I should help them, right? So in order to deal with their guilt, they pay for everybody's dinner and they temporarily feel a sense of relief of, oh, okay, I don't feel guilty anymore. But then now I feel resentful Because what happens is eventually over time, people start expecting you to pay for their dinners. People start expecting you to take on their stuff. And here is where that sabotaging cycle begins, right? You may not feel guilty anymore, but now you feel angry and resentful and you start feeling like other people are taking you for granted. All right. (laughs) Very relatable. You know, I've been there too. So where did this guilt wound come from? Because you weren't born feeling this way. All right. So here's my explanation. You have a guilt wound because at some point in your life, somebody refused to take responsibility for their own actions, probably your mother or your father. Right. And instead of making themselves feel bad, they picked an easy target to blame and that easy target was you right how convenient is it to just put the blame on your child and the tricky thing about this right so here we're going back to the inner child right the inner child receiving these messages from mom or dad or you know grandma or grandpa a lot of the times to be honest parents don't realize that they're doing this right but because they have so many of their own wounds They never learned how to maturely take responsibility for their own actions. A lot of people actually think that you are the problem, right? In their mind, they actually think that you're the one to blame. And so here's three examples of how parents will actually give you a guilt wound. They might say something like, You are the reason why my life is so hard. They might say, You're being so bad. You're misbehaving. Look, you're making mama's hair go gray, right? Oh, look, you're making mommy's back hurt so much. Or I'm going to live a short life because I had to raise you. Because you came into my life, my life is miserable now, right? All of these messages that we might hear from our parents. And there are subtle ways that parents can make you feel guilty without even saying the words. And one very common example that I've noticed with a lot of people I've worked with is through facial expressions, right? So if a child acts out or something and the parent just makes such a painful face, right? Like, oh, they just look so exasperated. The child will see that, right? And start to feel guilty about it, because they start to believe that they have so much power that they can make mom or dad feel this bad, that they are responsible for hurting mom or dad or making mom or dad's life miserable. And that's where it comes from, right? You weren't born to feel this way, right? You didn't feel this way when you were a tiny little baby. But someone suggested things in a way to make you feel like You were actually responsible for something that you weren't. And I'll just go back to my original messages from the earlier episodes. It is not a child's responsibility to take care of their parent. You just got here, right? If you're five years old, you just got here. You know, you don't know what life is like yet. And how is it fair For somebody with five years of life experience to know exactly how to handle and emotionally regulate someone who's 30 years old, right? That doesn't make any sense. You didn't ask to be born, right? And the person who decided to raise you, a mother or a parent or father, the moment they did that, they took on that responsibility to raise you, to take care of you, to show you that you are enough right to help you feel confident so that you can continue on in this life knowing how to handle yourself right knowing how to work through difficult situations it was never your responsibility right to make sure that mom wasn't going to drink again right or to make sure that dad wasn't going to have some kind of epic meltdown that was never your responsibility and If you had kids or if you have kids, you know that you would never put that on your child as well, right? Because that's not their job. A child's job is simply to grow up, right? And learn from the adults around them how to grow up. Now, what if you have hurt somebody, right? Maybe your parent really did get sick or maybe you have acted in ways that have actually hurt people. Then what? Well, let me tell you this, there is not a single human being on earth who has never hurt another person. Nobody, not a single person that has ever walked this earth has gone through life without affecting or hurting or influencing or negatively impacting someone else in some way. That's just what it means to be human, right? We're imperfect. If you're a parent, you're going to mess up with your kid at some point. If you're in a relationship, You are going to trigger the heck out of your partner at some point. You're going to hurt your friend's feeling. You're going to say something inappropriate at work, on the internet. That is the human experience. Sometimes you will even hurt people without even intending to, right? You know, you make a post about your political views on Facebook and some random person on the other side of the world that you've never met gets really offended, Maybe you make a joke about your favorite celebrity and someone else in the room takes it the wrong way and they get really upset by it. These things happen all the time. Now, if it really was your fault and you've taken responsibility and you have apologized the first time and made it right, that is all that you can do. We can't control when people continue to feel a certain way against us. We can't control if people just can't let it go or if they can't find a way to see past it, or maybe they believe it's not deserving of forgiveness, but you have to move on, don't you, right? At some point, you have to forgive yourself for being human, for being imperfect, for maybe hurting the person you cared about, but forgiving yourself because you only know what you know at the time. There really is no way around it, right? We either forgive ourselves or we don't. And if we don't forgive ourselves, we continue enabling this cycle that we're trapped in, feeling bad all the time, constantly. Or we forgive ourselves, take action, make steps towards moving forward and healing, right? There is no in-between. And you have to choose, right? Do I choose to stay where I am or do I choose to move forward and forgive myself, And learn from this experience so that next time I have greater insight on what I actually want to do. I have greater insight on how I will respond to this type of situation in the future. But until I let that go, I can't move forward. And what you'll find is that when you forgive yourself for your imperfections, you give so much more grace to the people around you who are equally as imperfect as you. Right. You know, the older I get, the more I realize that we're all just a bunch of kids, you know, walking around, pretending like we know everything, pretending that everything's perfect. But nobody is. The people around you are not and neither are you. So that's why you feel guilty. And that's why when people put the blame on you, you feel guilty as well, because you have felt that before to some degree in the past. So now I want to talk about the identity piece of this, because I mentioned at the beginning of the episode that guilt wounds is an identity issue, and it's also a boundaries issue, right? So we already covered the boundaries part. So when I asked all of our Instagram followers, like, what questions do you have about the guilt wound? One of these submissions was, why does saying no make me feel guilty? Right. And why do we feel guilt for things that we don't have control over? So, two people submitted these questions. And my answer to that is really all about the identity. So, identity is who you learn that you are. So, if you think about it, if you grew up with parents who made you believe that you were responsible for them and their emotions and the outcome, right, if you keep getting that message over time, What does that do to your sense of self? What does that do to your identity? Think about that for a second. If your whole life, the people who raised you told you that you are responsible for all these things, that you should feel bad for making other people feel bad, what kind of identity do you take on? The answer is very simple. You start taking on the identity as the caretaker. You start believing that it's actually your job to fix everyone else's problems. And you start feeling like you are somehow responsible for all the bad things that happened, right? It becomes who you think you are. That's why you feel guilty for things you don't have control over because your identity says you do have control over it. And so it gets confused. And that's also why you feel guilty saying no to things because in your deep programming, Your identity is all about saying yes, being a good person, helping other people. It gets reinforced in society because teachers always used to praise children who helped other people out. You guys remember that? You know, in grade two, teachers would say to me, Gloria, you did such a great job helping out little Johnny or helping out little Sally. Here's a gold star. Right? We are reinforced for this behavior, which makes us want to help other people more, which makes us feel bad about saying no to things. Right, Because if saying yes to people means that I'm a good person, then does that mean saying no to people makes me a bad person? Right, You see how this makes us feel really confused and it really does come down to our identity. So You know, it's funny that sometimes when clients are asking me, hey, Gloria, is it okay that I told that person, no, I don't want to pick your kids up from school. You know, I feel like a bitch, right? Like I feel like I'm being a bitch right now. And I say, good, be a bitch, (laughs) right? Go and be the baddest bitch that you can be. Why do we have to feel bad For inconveniencing someone for something that they can probably do on their own or even ask someone else. Why do we have to make ourselves suffer in order to alleviate other people's suffering? I'm not talking about emergency situations. So, you know, people are like, oh, what if my house is burning and my kids are like, we're not talking about those situations, right? Obviously, if it's a real crisis, You're going to do what you need to do in that moment, right? To save someone's life or whatever. But we're talking about everyday life. Why do you devalue yourself so much that you're going to take on everyone else's suffering so that they don't have to go through that, right? What does that say about yourself? What does that say about how important you are, right? So I'm going to share a couple of tips right now on how to work through this, right? take back that identity, take back your power. And the two things I want to share are this. So the first thing before we do any work is you have to make that intentional choice to refuse to take that other stuff on. You have to make that decision and stick with it throughout the rest of your day or throughout the next few weeks. And in order to refuse to take things on, you have to be very honest with yourself and ask, well, how much do I actually value me, right? Because if I really want to heal myself, it means that I have to place importance on me, right? Otherwise, why am I even healing at all? I have to make the intentional choice that I'm not going to take on other people's stuff. I have to refuse to overburden myself. And the way to gauge that is by how full your cup is. So obviously, you know, I teach a lot of people about how to use emotional regulation and abundance skills to fill your own cup, right? So we are not giving away ourselves if our cup is not full, right? So if your cup is at 30%, you have nothing left to give, right? And you're just giving the rest of the remaining little chunks of you floating around at the bottom, trying to give that to other people. It's not going to work. So you spend your time filling yourself up, filling up your own needs first. And with the excess, with the overflow, then you can give that to someone else. And that's how you make your decisions. I know it's easier said than done, and usually this takes people with the right tools within a few weeks to a few months. You can get a hang of it, but that's basically how it's done. Intentionally putting a number on it. What percentage do I feel today? How much do I have to give? And not over-exceeding that amount. The second thing has to do with emotional regulation. So you actually have to stop trying to get rid of the feeling of guilt, which sounds kind of weird. But then I want you to think back to the examples that we gave before. If the person you're dating, if you feel guilty about them helping you, and so you're so uncomfortable with that guilt that you try to get rid of the guilt by doing everything yourself, right? With the dinner situation, you feel so guilty about having money that you get rid of that feeling of guilt by paying for everyone's dinner and it's oh I'm just gonna pay for it now I don't feel guilty anymore the problem is you trying to get rid of that feeling of guilt so the way I help people work through this is helping them get more comfortable with the feelings so that there's nothing to get rid of anymore right if I can conquer my tolerance for this emotion but I can still choose to do things in alignment with myself and I don't have to get rid of this uncomfortable feeling, right? So here's just a random example. <laughs> you know, let's say if someone tickles your hand, right? And you're like, oh no, I can't stand being tickled, right? And so you keep pushing it away, pushing it away. But if we kind of practice and say, hey, just try to handle the feeling of being tickled on your hand for 30 seconds. And you're like, okay, I'll try to deal with it you're feeling it, it's uncomfortable, and 30 seconds go by, and you say, hey, you know what? Feeling tickled on the hand, it's not as bad as I thought it would be. Maybe I can handle this for five minutes. So you get tickled on the hand for five minutes. You know what? Still doesn't feel great, but I can handle this, right? Eventually, you can become comfortable with the uncomfortable feelings, up to the point where you can still make conscious decisions even when you're feeling that thing. So these days, whenever I notice that the guilt thing is coming up, so you know, I noticed it with the podcast thing, I feel it. I'm like, damn, this doesn't feel good, but I know that the feeling is not going to kill me. The feeling is just a feeling, and I can still make decisions that align with me even as I feel it. And ironically, the more that you do that, the less intense that emotion feels. So, you know, we spend a lot of work around this emotional regulation piece. It's not an overnight thing. It definitely takes a bit of practice, right? And checking in to see if am I doing this right, et cetera. But that's how you do it. So let's just do a quick overview on taking on other people's stuff. The first thing is making the intentional choice to refuse taking it on. And that you want to always measure how full your own cup is before deciding if you have room to give to someone else. So if your cup is not at least 50% full, you have to say no to those requests. You have to say no to those other things. Okay. And the difference between people with good boundaries and bad boundaries is how often they let those little things slide, right? Secure people know that Every time you let something small slide, it opens a door for something else, right? So every single decision eventually gets to the point where it's based on how full your cup is, all right? And really focusing on filling up your own needs first. The second thing is to stop trying to get rid of the feeling of guilt and focusing more on emotional regulation tools so that you can learn to lean into the discomfort And not let that control you anymore, right? Be comfortable with the discomfort. Feel the guilt without reacting to it. And that's how you do it, right? It's actually very, very simple, super, super effective. You know, a lot of people are able to work through this within just a few months, right? And then over the next following years, they just get better and better and better at it. And there you have it my loves that is where guilt wounds come from that is why you feel guilty saying no and those are two very actionable tips on how to start working through them So one thing I want to announce is we have a new consultation available We decided to bring the face-to-face consultations for soulmate back because you know we were kind of chatting with people in the DMs but we were getting ghosted a lot <laughs> to be honest and you know it just it wasn't really a good feeling and I really want to be working with people who are serious about doing the work and ready to so we have this really cool new offering right now for folks who might be interested in working together in our program called the free love strategy consultation and there's no pressure right so obviously if it's not a good fit it just means that the program isn't right for you but with this free call that you can book you'll either meet with myself or a team member We'll talk about whether we're a good fit for working together and actually map out the next 90 days of how you will be able to break free from toxic relationships uh, during this time period. So that you can see week by week what you should be working on and how it's actually very realistic to be able to get out of this toxic cycle in a few months. And of course, you'll get all the details about the Soulmate Programme. That has a 97% success rate reported by students. So I have a few spots on my calendar next week. You want to head on over to slash soulmate. You can book your free love strategy consultation. Maybe you'll get me, maybe you'll get a team member. But either way, it's going to be really fun. You know, we love meeting you guys face to face and hearing about your journey. So, my loves, If you loved this episode around guilt wounds and you had an aha moment, share it with me on Instagram. Take a screenshot. Let me know your biggest takeaways and how you are using these tips to help you in your own relationships work through the guilt. And I also want to thank you for listening to my story and just allowing me to share some of my own revelations around my guilt wounds and how I want to be focusing on things that are meaningful to me and bring me a lot of fulfillment and joy and I hope that you stick around in this new chapter of my life and possibly the new chapter in this podcast. I love you guys a lot and we'll be back next week with a brand new episode. So have a beautiful day and an abundant life. Bye for now. Is your trauma robbing you of the extraordinary relationship you could be having? Bestie, tell me if this sounds like you. Maybe you wind up in situations where you don't feel loved, seen, or respected and you let people walk all over you. Or maybe you feel so triggered with the fear of getting hurt that you end up pushing the other person away and sabotage your relationships. Or maybe you stay up all night in bed wondering, why do I struggle so much with the bare basics in love while my friends are out there having amazing relationships without breaking a sweat? My love, it's not your fault. You are not broken. You just have inner child wounds. If anyone understands, it's probably me. 200 first dates later and a dozen bad relationships, I finally cracked the code on what it really takes to go from being insecurely attached to attracting and maintaining a thriving, passionate, and secure relationship. So if you want to succeed in love, I've put together a free 60-minute workshop that gives you my three-step formula to breaking toxic patterns for good. Just go to GetHealthyLove.com. That's G-E-T HealthyLove.com. In this workshop, you'll learn how to never sabotage a relationship again, even if you have anxiety. And you'll learn how to get the secure relationship you want with the person who wants to commit to you. So if you're falling into the same patterns over and over, then you need to be at this workshop. To get instant access, go to gethealthylove.com. That's G-E-T healthylove.com. Or click on the link in the show notes. Life is hard enough, besties. Love doesn't have to be. If you love this episode, please hit subscribe and give us a five-star review. It really helps me a lot, so thank you. To join the community and get your daily dose of inner child tips, follow me on Instagram and social media at ByGloriaZang or visit ByGloriaZang.com. If you're a high achiever or entrepreneur who wants to work with me, message me the words high achiever and I'll get in touch. Thanks bestie. See you in the next one. Thanks for tuning in, Bestie. I've got something for you. If you think this show deserves a five-star review, we'll send you my free Inner Child Starter Kit as a thank you for your support, which contains exclusive wallpapers and resources for you to download. To get your kit, just upload a screenshot of your review on Apple or Spotify to my webpage, bygloriazang.com slash reviews. The link is also in the show notes. There you can also check out my healing sessions and programs at bygloriazang.com. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and I will meet you in the next episode.